Welcome to Award Winners. I'm John, joined by my co-host, David. We are watching Oscar-winning movies while enjoying Oscar Mayer Wieners. It's a celebration of American culinary and cinematic pop culture. In this episode, we discuss this year's Academy Award Best Picture nominees, our favorites, who we think could win, and what got snubbed. This year, we have 10 picks. We've watched them all, but we're going to try to keep it spoiler-free in case you have not. Dave, let's dive into the 94th Academy Awards. Hey, John, did you eat 10 hot dogs in preparation for this episode? I have not had a hot dog in a while. Here's the story, Dave. I'm old. I went to the doctor the other day. They're like, your cholesterol is slightly elevated. I'm like, that's probably true. I've been eating like shit since COVID. I've been on a diet, which is basically I've replaced a meal a day with a salad. And I lost like 10 pounds. I have not had a hot dog since <laughs> since that started. Oh, well, way to bring it down, John. Uh, well, I'll show you how to make a carrot dog. Uh, which uh-huh. I know how to do, and they're pretty fun <laughs> and healthier for you. The question I have with you when you're mentioning salad, are you happy eating a salad? Because I'm not happy eating a salad. It's not like a thing I crave necessarily, but I have felt better since I've started doing that because I knew I'd been eating whatever I felt like in COVID. <laughs> so, Well, welcome to uh, Healthy Eating with John and David. We're not going to talk about celery sticks. Celery sticks with John and David. You want to get in these movies, actually? Yes, let's talk about it. As we know, the rules changed a few years ago. Up to 10 movies can be nominated for Best Picture. In the past couple of years, there have not been 10. I think last year was eight. This year, they decided to do 10, and each one was three hours long. So thanks, Academy. They're required to do 10. Oh, they've actually stated that. Yeah, it's now now 10. Do you know that you used to do this in the past? Do you think this was a good change? It makes it easier for them because they don't have to whittle some of these out. Uh, I don't know how to decide between these three, so let's all throw them on the list. None of them are going to (laughs) win, but... Everyone will have to review them. Awesome. Thanks, Academy. Yeah, th- I agree. Thanks, Academy. I don't think we should have 10. My, my conspiracy thinking is that the Academy did this in order to try to squeeze in more popular movies to jack up the ratings for the show. Great. Where's that popular movie on this list? Dune. I don't know how popular it, it is. that was. It, it, that is the popular movie. And, and West Side Story. It's not Spider-Man. That's exactly what I was getting at. They're, they're like, we're going to increase this to 10 to get Spider-Man on, get any Marvel movie so we can get the younger audience in. And it still didn't get No, if you look at what movie has made the most money on the list, it's Spider-Man by far. And I know COVID is still a factor this year, but Spider-Man pulled into something like $2 billion worldwide. It's closing in on that. It's like the highest grossing movie of all time. I think it passed Avatar the other day. Freaking crazy. I don't think anyone expected that either. But I have to say, of the movies that came out this year, that was the only one I was drawn to the theater for. So let's actually run through these movies because we are hitting at them. The 10 are Belfast. Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. General reactions to this list? I am fine with it. You know, I have to say, I probably have not watched as many movies in COVID as I normally might. And I think this is maybe the best of the year. But like nothing stands out in the list to me from the other ones necessarily. Uh, What about you? I feel pretty lukewarm about this list. There are some really good ones and some ones that I'm confused about why they're on the list. Just generally like lukewarm. Like I didn't think it was a great year. I would be happy to cover maybe one or two of these, but there's a a few of them that I just do not want to talk about. I do not care about. This year and last year were not 
in my opinion, great uh, movie years. They're the asterisk COVID years for the Academy. So, John, I know you haven't seen a lot of movies this year, but were there any snubs? So I, I honestly can't say that there are because, again, I've pretty much watched this list here and maybe a few other movies. I I go see all the Marvel movies. I can't say I liked Eternals or Black Widow that much, so I don't think they belong on the list. I, I know the Academy was talking about adding more popular movies in here, and maybe you could say Dune is that, but in my opinion, Spider-Man was probably the most popular movie of the year. If you're looking at gross and probably just discussion online, Spider-Man was it. I would say that's a snub if the Academy is trying to be more inclusive of popular movies. So I agree. I think Spider-Man should have made this list. My my general thing with Spider-Man is, is that it was such an achievement and so difficult to pull 20-ish, 25 years worth of film continuity into one location. I thought that was worth recognizing. I think there's just push and pull with the Oscars of being like art versus commercial properties. Right now, the list that I'm seeing is, is more artistic, but I don't want to devalue the work that went into Spider-Man. I think it should have made a list. That, that doesn't mean I don't think it should have should win, but I do think it should have been on a list of 10. What do you think about that? Well, I really liked what they did there. I, again, we don't want to spoil too much there, but you know, they created some continuity across many different things and brought a cast together that probably surprised most people if you weren't aware of what was happening. Like, I think the movie itself was fine. You know, the content of the movie was fine. Best Picture winner, probably not. I enjoyed it. It's a good popcorn movie, especially if it wasn't spoiled for you in any way. Like, my jaw would have been on the floor had I not seen any internet spoilers. So another movie I think got us got snubbed this year was Pig. So this is Nicolas Cage's return to, I would say, serious acting. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I think it's a nominee for our Golden Frank Award. It got zero nominations. I'm just shocked. Like, I'm just shocked that it didn't get any pickup at all, any love at all. Probably goes to the fact that Nicolas Cage is sort of an outsider in Hollywood now. This was a small movie with limited release. I've heard other people say the same thing, that they really like this movie. I haven't seen it yet. I know you're pushing for a Golden Frank nom for this one. I would like to watch it. I I hope to do that in the next couple days so that we can agree on what we think is the best picture of the year. Let me spice this up for you, John. It's like 90 minutes. Okay, that's great. (laughs) That's great. You know, again, I've heard different things. I have not been super motivated to sit down and watch movies this year. I think it's just COVID or whatever it is. It's life. When you're in a constant state of anxiety, it's hard to focus. Or I'm just like, am I spending my time wisely doing this? Are you? I don't know. I don't know. That's the question with some of these. It's like, oh God, 10, three hour movies. So I want to talk a little bit about movies that weren't nominated, but we liked this year. So for me, again, it's Pig. I love Pig. I loved Matrix Resurrection. Uh, th- that film seems very polarizing, I'll be honest with you. You either hate that movie or you absolutely love it. I'm on the love side. I know. I agree. I like that movie, too. I think I was talking to some family members, and they're like, nope, hated it. I'm like, what did you hate about it? Wasn't an action movie. I'm like, it's not supposed to be. But I (laughs) I understand it. If that's what you went in hoping to see, you're not going to get that. Well, the other ones weren't exactly action movies either. Actions were part of it, but it was more (laughs) like a philosophical romance. (laughs) I really loved Green Knight. Highly recommend that. Uh, That's not going to be for everyone, though. That, That seemed to hit my, like, my niche of like horror and um, fantasy and medieval stuff. And then one that I absolutely know that not everyone's going to love is Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. It's like a Zoolander update. 
so dumb, but it's very funny. Barb and Star, not for me. <laughs> I knew it wouldn't be for you. I actually knew that. And and that's okay. You can like movies. We can like different movies. I need to watch The Green Knight again. I, I watched it once, but I feel like I need to give it another go to maybe get all the, the subtle aspects of it. Okay, well, let's get into the... Best Picture nominees. As a reminder to everyone, we are going to do our best not to spoil these. Just the very nature of talking about them, though, there might be like a few very minor things, but generally no big spoilers. And we're just going in alphabetical order. First up is Belfast. This is a semi-autobiographical film based on writer-director Kenneth Branagh's life. Belfast chronicles how a working-class family navigates the tumult of the late 60s in Northern Ireland. I think it's available for rent on all major platforms. Uh, It got seven nominees. Dave, what was your reaction to this movie? Before we get into that, I just want to say something that's controversial. Uh, I think Kenneth Branagh did a terrible job on Thor. You know, I really don't think it's that bad. I know I can understand why it's kind of still finding its footing. And you have to do these these origin story movies. And some of the origin story movies are just there to set the foundation. And I think that's one of those movies. But Thor has evolved quite a bit since then. And oh, yeah, yeah. Now he's, he's like he's, a really great character. But you had to have that. Like, that's where he starts. It's true. But I mean, I think as a literally a movie, it's directed poorly. <laughs> okay. Like, I just don't think it's a bad movie, uh, especially his decision to do a lot of um, Dutch angles, which I've talked about previously in this podcast. <laughs> I was like, what what okay. is happening in this film? Like, oh, All my right. God, it's bad. Anyway, anyway, outside of this, just a couple things to note. So this was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Screenplay. And then actors Kieran Hines were nominated, and so was Judy Dench. Generally, John, I think this movie's okay, but it does feel sort of like a lesser version of Roma. The story beats are predictable. It's a little over-sentimental, uncomplicated plot, but that might be a feature, not a bug. I would not be very excited to cover this movie, is what I'm getting at. How about you? You said it, it's sort of uncomplicated, and I think part of the reason for that is that we're seeing this movie from the perspective of a child. So... This kid's probably, what, like 10, 12 years old, maybe even younger. I think uh, he's younger. He might be eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like you're getting the perspective of a nine year old at this time. So, it doesn't really understand what's happening around him necessarily or simplifies things to his level of understanding. And I think that's why we get what we get. And some of the characters and things that they do, I think we're very funny. So, they have these little asides. They're, they're spinning tall tales that, are shared in families or maybe even more in an Irish setting of, you know, like didn't Saint whatever do this, or I I can't remember the specific things, but I I found some of that pretty amusing. I I think that's why we get what we get. And I I think that was very intentional and think it's worth a watch. I think it was actually one of the better movies this year. Were you drawn to the acting, the story? For me, I think it's the family conflict and you sort of see the, um, tough decisions and like how a child tries to interpret some of that. I thought some of the character moments, like the things that you focus on as a child are not nearly as important as what's going on. Like when your mother gets mad at you for something or like you're, you're kind of only picking up on, on bits of what's happening. I found that to be amusing sometimes. So can this movie win best picture? That's the question we're trying to answer. I think Belfast and power of the dog are the two front runners. So Belfast Definitely has a shot. The movie is sentimental, maybe even saccharine. And I think the Academy eats that up. Kenneth Branagh is a very well-known, well-loved, and well-respected artist. 100% this could win. This could win. Um, I don't think it's going to win personally, but I think it has a shot. 
How about you? I guess it's it's probably one of the front runners, as you said, based on what we've seen in some other award ceremonies and some of the buzz. I also think Hollywood likes stories from other Hollywood people. So this is a Hollywood director telling a personal story, and maybe that'll do well. We'll see. I mean, we, we're recording this prior to the BAFTAs. So uh, if this wins the BAFTAs, all, the, all bets are off. So up next is Coda. Ruby is the only hearing person in her family. When her family's fishing business is threatened, she must decide if she's going to stay with them or pursue her love of music. Coda is a remake of a 2014 French movie. You can watch this on Apple+. Plus. It was directed by Sean Hedder, and it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, that's Troy Kotzer, and Best Adapted Screenplay. John, what was your reaction to this movie? I thought it was really nice. It's like kind of a family-friendly movie. If there wasn't the foul language in it and maybe a few sex scenes, it'd probably be a perfect movie to watch with your kids. But none of that is like really gratuitous or graphic or anything like that. I thought it was like really pleasant. What about you? I agree. It's very pleasant. <laughs> that, yeah. I, I wrote a little note. I was like, oh, you could watch this with your mom and dad. Yep. <laughs> I like it. I mean, it's a little predictable, but... It's fun. I think the acting is the strongest part of it. It's a mostly deaf cast. And uh, I mean, Troy Kutzer has a real, real shot at winning um, supporting actor here at the Oscars. Generally, it's good. It's really good. I am surprised that this movie was nominated for Best Picture, though. I, I, I thought it was a little too cut and dry, but I'm happy to see it's here. And if and if we had to cover it, I would be fine with that. So can this movie win Best Picture? I would describe this as having an outside shot it has a puncher's chance coda won the sag ensemble award which is the equivalent to the best picture the winners of this award have gone on to win best picture a couple times i don't know i like it could be a really weird year this year and maybe coda coda swings it through i would not piece my money on it though like it just it could happen probably not i think part of that is what nominations it doesn't have and some of the key categories are probably director more than anything it's not nominated for that and it's unlikely that something wins Best Picture and not Best Director at the same time. I, I actually would like to see this win, even though I don't think it is. I would like to see it win because I think Chaos would be amazing this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just want the weirdest, craziest Oscars. I want every like like they're gonna they're gonna pick up the um, Best Director and be like it's Zack Snyder from 2017, <laughs> just like the weirdest stuff. <laughs> Well, Don't Look Up is actually the next movie we're going to talk about. That would be total chaos if that won. So, John, what are your thoughts on this being a streamer? Do you love it or hate it? So when you say that, you just mean it being released to Apple Plus or? Yeah, this is an Apple Plus movie. I guess I don't even know. Did it come out in the theater and Apple Plus at the same time? It released on Apple Plus. Only? Well, it can't be only. I'm sure they did a theater theater release in like L.A. in order to qualify the Oscars. But its primary release was Apple Plus. Okay. I'm fine with it. I um I, I think at this point in my life, I'd almost prefer not to go to the movie theater. So at home, I can sit on my couch, pause the movie when I want. I have a nice entertainment setup, so I almost would rather watch it <laughs> at home. I think there was one movie I saw in the theater earlier this year, and that was The Eternals. And the theater was really dirty. Behind me the whole time, there's this guy like sniffling. And this is like the middle of COVID. I'm like, why is this guy even at the theater? Like he's clearly sick. And he's like making a lot of noise like every second. 
So I have those moments of I'd rather just sit at home and watch a movie. Don't need to go out to do that. What about you? I love going to the theater. I, I love it. it. It forces me to pay attention. I love sitting on a big screen. I don't think you need to see every movie in the big screen, though. So my general thinking on this being a streamer is I would love if this movie won for some crazy reason beating out Netflix because Netflix has tried so hard to win a best picture in the last five years what's, there. What's your, right. What's your beef against Netflix, Dave? Uh, nothing. I just like to see the underdog. I, I like the, okay. like as much as Apple plus is Apple's an underdog. not an underdog. Yeah. Just I just think it's funny. It's like, it's just like Apple's like, Hey, we bought this movie. We put it out and Oh, Hey, we want to, we want a best picture. And then cut to Netflix, like their CEO, like, all right, we're going to spend $600,000 on the most artistic shit possible next year. We're going to win a Best Picture. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm thinking about streamers. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess like the streamers are sort of the small small dogs in Hollywood. Yeah, so I mean, as much as they can be. Well, they're fighting a system that is fighting them. You know, like they're trying to change the rules in certain ways and go against what tra- like traditional Hollywood thinks is the way a movie should work. Yeah. I mean, there is this complaint that some streamers don't look good. And I, I would say that like, like, I think a lot of Netflix movies don't look good. They, they look small comparison to these like budget, these, these Hollywood movies, not all of them, but I'm saying most of them do. Is there one that you have in mind when you say that red, that was like an action movie. Yeah. Also outside the wire, the one that came out in like January, of last year did look terrible. I thought like just absolutely looked like a, a CW movie. They made for TV movie. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, it happens sometimes. <laughs> sometimes people uh, don't know how to do lighting. <laughs> I'm thinking of like uh, the wheel of time, which is not a movie, but Amazon spent something like $10 million an episode and it looked like garbage, but I don't think it was because of the story or plot. It just looked terrible. I don't know why they made some decisions they did for lighting, the cinematography, the special effects look bad. Yeah. So yeah, the, those moments. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to push back and say, I like Wheel of Time, but I there like are the some show. questionable choices. <laughs> there are like, even the, costume- the lighting's like, the costumes look like, why do they all look like they're going to a Ren fair? They're like so clean. They just look cheap, the costumes. You're like, what the hell? So I, I think I mentioned this before to you, Dave. I got to watch like a preview episode to provide feedback to Amazon. That's like the one thing I wrote like way back when. And I'm like, the costumes look super cheap. Like I could make these myself or I just go to a store and buy them off a rack. That's how they look. Hopefully they'll get better. They're spending like 10 million per episode on that. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I know there were COVID problems because some production house issues that they had with COVID. And I know that delayed special effects and I don't think they got what they wanted, but they should fire their cinematographer immediately. The director of uh, photography, <laughs> they just get rid of them. Let's hope that series series sticks around because I really love it. Uh, I, I have read all the books. All of the books? There's like 25 of them. There's not 25. There's there, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot. I've read them all. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's move on to Don't Look Up. So two astronomers try to convince the world that a comet is going to hit Earth and destroy the planet. You can watch this on Netflix. The director is Adam McKay. It's nominated for four awards. So picture, original screenplay, editing, and score. John, reaction. So before we get too much into the movie, I think one thing we haven't mentioned here is the cast of this movie is huge. 
I uh, I think that was why, in part, this movie got nominated is the cast list alone. So the movie itself, I found it hard to watch, and not because I disliked it, but the movie is a satire on what's happening in our world right now, and not just about climate change, but there's like a culture war against science, and we definitely have this this right saying saying you know like don't believe this, I don't believe that without getting too much into it really but there are climate deniers there are science deniers we saw it with covid too and i found that just to be painful because we are watching a lot of this in the news every day it's just like cringe inducing you're like yeah that really happens uh and it's meant to be satirical here but it's not that far off from what's actually going on and i found that to be incredibly embarrassing for the human race embarrassing there's aliens out there you're like i'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> we're, yeah. we're embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. So what did you, what was your take on the movie, Dave? Uh, man, I really hate this movie. I think it's bad, 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 bad. Overlong, unfunny. I think the metaphor doesn't really ring true. Generally, I don't think the media professionals are the people who are standing in the way of climate change. I just didn't like it. I really didn't like it. Anyway, I was actually shocked that it was nominated for Best Picture. I, I When I saw this, I was like, oh, there's, there's, this is the one I would drop for Spider-Man. This, again, has Hollywood Titans in the movie, and that's why it's nominated. That's my opinion. You're you're probably right. Like, get all your friends to vote for you, right? Yeah. Uh, So, John, can this movie win Best Picture? No. Yeah, absolutely not. There was no shot. What what does it actually have going for it? It has an anti-establishment message. Academy loves that. That's about it. And it's got a cast list. I think that's the other thing it's got going for it. Don't put your money on this. Don't, Don't do it. Up next, we have Drive My Car. The summary of it is we have a renowned stage actor and director. He has a new production that he's working on. And long story short, he's overcoming some trauma from his past, just relationship trauma that he's had. I don't want to say much more than that because I feel like there are some moments in the film that are unexpected, including something that we're seeing in the synopsis from IMDb here. You can watch it on HBO Max. Uh, it's a it's a Japanese movie. It's in Japanese. It is the only foreign film nominated for Best Picture this year. I liked it a lot, actually. I I thought it was it is slow and methodical, and I almost wonder if that's intentional because the main character likes to go on these car rides. It's kind of how he decompresses and works through some of his emotional trauma. Uh, so I wonder if that's why this is done in this capacity, too. He just likes a long, slow car ride out in the country, basically. I thought there was good character development and actually found it engrossing. I had to stop the movie several times because I, I picked it up at moments where I wasn't able to watch it. It's three hours long. But I think it's one of the better movies this year, actually. Dave, what's your take on this? I like it. It's a good movie. Like you, it took me five sittings to get through. I made the joke on Twitter that it's a three-hour movie that took six hours to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that can be true for sure. It, I mean, it's, it feels very long, and it does some interesting things. Like the opening credits roll at 40 minutes, John. Did you notice that? I know. That's why I was like, that definitely surprised me. It's like, wow, we just had a 45-minute prelude to the movie to like understand uh, what is, what's happening and set this up. Like that was very surprising to me. And and that's why I don't want to talk about that because it is, you know, part of the main plot, but it's like 45 minutes in and then there are some twists. Basically, you're like, oh, didn't see that coming. I do like it. I think it's a it is a little pretentious. It's it's like 
Um, you have to. Have, I, I stopped the movie halfway through to read a synopsis of the play that they're putting on in the movie, just so I understood the connections of what was happening. I, I actually, I did not do that. Do you feel that it works in that capacity? Yes. Yeah, it helps. Okay. Yeah, it does help. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. Okay, interesting. Recommendation: uh, read the synopsis for Un- Uncle Vanya <laughs> before you uh, watch this movie. Anyway, it was good. I would say that there are a lot of hallway moments and driving moments that extend this much longer than it needs to be. I think they're there on purpose because this 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 movie has like a way of like drawing you in and lulling you into like complacency and then making like a left hand turn. Pun not not included. I did not make think I was gonna make a pun there. <laughs> but you did, and it works, and that's fine. Yeah, but it's good. It's good. It's just you have to be in a very like you have to pay attention, no phone quiet room this is going to be a difficult watch uh but it's ultimately ultimately rewarding it's definitely that because it's also subtitled so you have to pay attention to it and i i would actually say a couple of the movies on this list i had on in the background while i was doing something else and can't do it with this one you gotta gotta give it your attention if you want to know what's going on so can this movie win best picture probably not i would be surprised if it did i i i would actually be okay with talking about this one because i think there's a lot there to unpack and there's a lot of metaphors on the screen and you can discuss the intent of what they were trying to get to i think it's good for discussion but i don't think it'll win what's your take yeah i'm basically right right with you i think it has a really good shot of winning best international film though the best international film category is stacked this year but i think this will this will pull it out I, i would recommend watching this movie if you're looking for something a little different this year too Okay, up next, Dune. So based on Frank Herbert's sci-fi novel, this tells the story of Paul Atreides, a gifted young man who must survive on a dangerous desert planet. That's the best I could do with that synopsis, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of a, I, I would say it's like a sci-fi space opera slash drama. There's a lot of political intrigue in the movie, and I actually think this version of the movie does a good job of explaining that. It looks beautiful sounds good special effects are good it's not great though so that's my take on it and i don't think it'll win Uh, i think it'll win technical awards uh it is nominated for 10 different categories dave anything else you want to add to that i think it definitely deserves a best picture nom again like you said it's stunning it's it's really impressive they took this this complicated book and made a, a comprehensible movie out of it yeah and i understand why it didn't receive any acting nominations the acting really isn't good it's fine don't get me wrong it's like serviceable you're telling me jason momoa isn't the best actor of the year dave (laughs) my man (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) uh yeah no so i'm actually really shocked that denis valnu did not receive a best director nomination for this this movie because it it is gorgeous it absolutely looks looks amazing but I think that also indicates that this movie is not going to win Best Picture. I think it's going to rush for all the below below the line awards. So like any technical awards, just going to eat it up. I would say this movie and uh, Nightmare Alley probably are the most technical of the list here. And I, I think those two will go head to head for cinematography and things like that. Next up is King Richard. This is the story of how Richard Williams molded his two daughters, Venus and Serena, into tennis champions. You can rent or buy this on all the major platforms. It's directed by Ronaldo Marcus Green. It was nominated for six awards. And the two that I really want to focus on here are Best Actor for Will Smith and Best Supporting Actress by Anjanou Ellis. 
it maybe has an outside shot of best screenplay. So John, what do you think? So I had no expectations for this movie and I'm not even sure I knew what it was about until I turned it on. I really liked it. It's a really good sports movie. And I don't know if I always like sports movies. I was trying to think about that and maybe I am kind of a sucker for those things really, but it's uh, about a minority athlete in a sport played mostly by white rich people. And you kind of see the struggles that the Williams sisters dealt with and how tenacious her father or their father is to, to get them sort of be part of that world. And it's, it's quite amazing and well acted, super enjoyable. This is the other movie along with Coda that I think is sort of your, I don't know what you would say, eye bleach or something to get the horrible news stories out of your head. This is super lovely. It's very nice. I think most people will like this movie. This is definitely a family picture. I think you can actually watch this with any of your kids. Yeah. Probably at, almost at any age. I don't I don't even know what it's rated. Is this PG? I I don't know if it's rated PG. PG thirteen. I don't know. But it's a good family movie and I think most people would like it. What's your take on it? Yeah, I'm shocked by how much I like this movie. Will Smith, he did a great job. He has a really good shot of winning Best Picture or Best Actor. That category is stacked this year though. <laughs> but I think he's done he's been around Hollywood long enough that it, it might be one of those years where it's like, Okay, Will, you did it. Here's your Oscar. It is a little over long. And I wish it was a little more critical of Richard. Other than that, it is an extremely solid movie. I like it a lot. I agree with everything you're saying there. I think most people should watch this movie. Do I think it is an all-time great? No. Do I think you should watch it because you'll enjoy it and probably forget about it afterwards? Yeah, you'll really like it. So I guess we we kind of answered this question already. Can this movie win Best Picture? I don't think it has a shot. Up next, we have Liquor's Pizza. This movie is about a teen and a young woman who form a quasi-romantic relationship in the 70s in California, San Fernando Valley, and how their lives intertwine in many different ways. You can rent or buy this on all major platforms at this point, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Three noms, best picture, director, and original screenplay. Dave, what did you think about this movie? So I have complicated feelings about this movie. Uh, I like it a lot, but the subject matter is a little cringy. What really won me over in the long run, though, was that I loved Alana Haim and Cooper Hoffman. I thought they were really, really good. I also think this would be a good conversation to have on the podcast or a good conversation to have with a group of people. What did you think of it? I, I saw it and was talking with my girlfriend about it for a period of time, too. She didn't see it, but I was explaining it to her. And I think it's really interesting in the relationship that they have. I also feel that there's not a lot of depth to the movie in certain ways. I think that's what's missing from the film. So the acting's good, but there's not really a bigger point or some subtlety to the plot. And there's a lot of exposition that I think could be cut. I'm not even sure why some of it's in there. I didn't quite understand the reason for that. And for those reasons, I it feels like a student film to me, which we shouldn't get from a director like Paul Thomas Anderson. So I don't think it really has a shot at winning anything here. So I was reading the script earlier just to make prepare for this podcast. And you said it was a student film. I was actually shocked because Paul Thomas Anderson is a very methodical director. And mm-hmm. so when he puts stuff in, the, in this movie, I think it's there for a purpose. Um, so I don't think this is a student film. I think he's doing everything on purpose to push buttons to see how everyone's going to react. I don't want to actually get into like some of the the more controversial parts of the film because I want people to see it themselves. But I actually think there's a very, 
what he was doing is very intentional. I don't know. I, I was reading some other reviews. I'm not alone in that thought of it didn't quite come together. The character study and their interaction is worth discussing too, but I don't want to say anything because it'll yeah it'll yeah that's spoil the problem. The yeah, <laughs> that's the most interesting part of the film. <laughs> I agree. Definitely, the two main characters have an interesting dynamic that's worth talking about. So, can this win? I agree with you here. I don't think it has any shot of winning Best Picture. Maybe it gets original screenplay. We'll find out. We know it's it's not going to win. Don't put your money on this one. Uh, up next, we have Nightmare Alley, uh, directed by Guillermo del Toro. Synopsis of the movie. So. We see uh, a man kind of down on his luck, I'd say, in the 1930s, it feels Depression era, who joins a circus and sort of takes over an act of being a mentalist. He gets very good at it, takes a show on the road, tries to con richer people out of their money, gambles on his life. You can stream it on HBO and Hulu right now. Dave, what do you think about this movie? It has all the parts of a movie I should like, and yet I think this movie is pretty mediocre. Hmm. it's gorgeous. I mean, it is absolutely a gorgeous movie, but none of the elements came together for me. I kind of feel like it was like five different stories smashed together that weren't fully fleshed out. I agree with you that the cinematography is excellent. So Del Toro, uh, you know, he won for Shape of Water and we saw the same thing there. He's mastered lighting and colors. Very good at that. He does like horror films and weird monster kind of movies. This is a good movie for him to do. I I liked it for the most part. I don't think it'll win for Best Picture, though. I think it could win for some technical awards go, going up against Dune, as we were saying earlier, just because of uh, cinematography and things along those lines. Uh, I think the thing that kind of annoyed me about this is that I called the ending within first, first 15 minutes. I was like, this is how it's going to end. And then it exactly did that. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, that, that kind of ruins it for me because I, I over-index for novelty in my film watching. Yeah, I think it does telegraph that a little bit. I think for me, it was a little bit further in the movie and they did a few other things and you're like, oh yeah, I see where that's going. Um, but I I liked it. I, I thought it was good. I think Bradley Cooper is the, the main actor in it. I think this is also another movie with a fairly stacked cast uh, that might even be surprising to some people. The Power of the Dog is up next. And so this is a domineering rancher mocks and psychologically tortures his brother's new wife and stepson. This is a Netflix jam. Director is Jan Champion, nominated for just a bunch of stuff. (laughs) I actually didn't write down how many. What is this? One, two. I don't know. We're looking at like eight, nine nominations. Including a dual nom for supporting actor. So, John, what did you think of this film? I I think it's a, a, a subtle character study. I don't want to spoil too much but when david said like psychologically tortures i think the main character sees himself in his sister-in-law's stepson and doesn't like it so tortures him also as a way to divert attention away from them being similar and that that's what the movie is about you know sort of the psychological torture and why this person is like that i found it to be really long I wasn't particularly into it. I think there probably is a bit to talk about if we start to peel away some of those layers and if I probably gave it a little more attention, but not really my thing. Dave, what about you? Yeah, this feels like the most Oscar Beatty movie of all the films. It's a movie that discusses toxic masculinity in the Old West, uh, <laughs> which is like, oh, okay, let's, let's hit all the, the, the highlights here. It's slow. I, I think it's overlong and slow. I'm not into it. 
I would say that anyone is going to watch it just because of best pictures, like stick it out. Like the, the ending, it really is really what makes this movie interesting. You have to get through like two hours before you get there. I'm not super thrilled to talk about it. We talked about telegraphing the ending of a movie with um, uh, Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Did you feel the same way here? Because I, I picked up on how this was going to go not so like pretty early on. No, I did not. I did not see where this was going. Okay. Interesting. It's more, more along the lines of just like, I felt, I feel like we've seen a lot of movies explore this subject matter. Uh, do you, so do you have some comparisons that you would say this would, that are similar? A Western that explores toxic masculinity is like basically every Western. <laughs> okay. I don't want to give the examples away because I think it would ruin the film. All right. Well, let's not talk about it then. <laughs> well, so you, so this does seem to be a front runner. I think it is the front runner. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is most likely going to win unless some some crazy stuff happens. Not my favorite. But we'll see. I mean, would you be more interested to cover this than um, the movie from last year with Francis McDormand? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would too. I would. I, would, I agree. <laughs> Up next, we have West Side Story. Dave and I just covered the 1961 version that won Best Picture. It would be interesting to see another version of it win Best Picture. You can watch it on HBO Max and Disney Plus, directed by Spielberg, up for seven different Oscars, Best Picture Director, uh, and, and several other pieces there. Dave, what's your reaction to this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I liked it. I, I think it fixed all the problems of the original movie. Like, across the board, it's great. The, the only weak point is Ansel Algor, who is clearly being acted and danced around. Like everyone else, all the other uh, people in the movie just make him look not amateurish, but he's he's not up to snuff. So it's just like the 1961 version with the. the it same is. Line. I said the same thing when I was watching <laughs> it, and I was like, "Oh, Tony just is is the weakest point of this movie." <laughs> so I I don't think that guy's a, a great actor. He was in Baby Driver and basically doesn't have to act. I'd say you get the same thing here. I think it sounds great. I like all the things that Spielberg adjusted in the film. So Dave and I talked about plot holes before that were big enough for a whole gang to snap and dance through. This solved a lot of that. It added a little more detail to the story to help things make sense. And I thought that worked really well. So all my complaints about the story of the 61 version, you know, sealed up. What did you think about that, Dave? I think the story changes were great. They It, it fixed all the problems. It made everyone make more sense. I mean, I think it's a superior version of the film. Yep. But I think people are going to like the classic more still. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, 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 I can see that. It just has it has so much more history. Like, <laughs> I'd say you probably should watch it, especially if you like musicals and West Side Story. It's good. It's a good adaptation of it. Again, if you're looking to this movie more for a plot, you're going to get it. If you're looking for the songs and dances, I actually think a lot of it was even better than the original in certain ways. But the original, uh, you know, I guess it's just a classic. So hard to hard to outdo that. So can this movie win Best Picture? Uh, actually, I think it has a shot. I I don't know if it will. I, I kind of don't think it will, but I, I think it could be considered a contender. In my mind, it is like a tier two contender. So you have like tier one is Belfast and the power of the dog. And then tier two would be Coda and this. It has a shot. Uh, what this movie has going against it, though, I think is as uh, – it's a movie about Puerto Ricans told by a bunch of white guys. Even if they like brought in Puerto Ricans to help update it, it it's very nature as that was created by a bunch of white guys. I think they did their best to update some of that too. 
They 100% did. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still sort of a blotch on the on the movie. And I'd also say Ansel Elgore is facing sexual assault allegations. So that could harm the movie. And then, frankly, like he's very flat. Like he's very flat in this film. Um, and it takes away from some of the scenes. He doesn't emote a lot, I'd say. No, but everyone else is great. <laughs> so I, I would highly recommend mm-hmm. checking this movie out. All right. That's the that's the list of movies this year. I think, as we said, there's some that we think have a better shot. Uh, just to recap those, Belfast, Power of the Dog, Coda, and West Side Story are probably the front runners. There's some that we like more than others. Actually, let's talk about that right now, Dave. So of this list, what were your favorite three? West Side Story, Licorice Pizza, King Richard. For me, I think it's King Richard, Coda, and Drive My Car. Which movie of this list would you most interest, be interested in doing a conversation about? Probably Drive My Car, just because I think there's a lot there. So in terms of discussion, that would be my option. I think Belfast could potentially have some some things to discuss. And actually Power of the Dog, if we get into it, probably has a lot there too. Uh, what about you? I would really want to talk about Licorice Pizza. Um, I said I'm, I'm not like thrilled to do Power of the Dog, but we can make it work. Mm-hmm. King Richard, that's a really interesting. Like, it's a great movie. I don't think there's a lot to talk about. I mean, maybe there's a little bit, right? Well, King Richard's like, it's very surface level. It's exactly what you get. If I were to recommend movies to people this year, I'd probably just tell people to watch King Richard. Everyone's going to like that one. Probably Coda, too. A lot of the other ones, they're not popcorn movies. You know, like you really have to be into what they're talking about there. Maybe even Belfast could be considered one of those movies that most people could watch and enjoy too. But Drive My Car, I don't think that's for everybody. I I would be fine doing it, but I don't want to do it because selfishly it's three hours long. Uh, I (laughs) I would be like, I want a two hour long movie to to talk about. I don't want to do three hours in which I have to read a play to talk about this movie. Dave, uh, what was your least favorite of the films here? Uh, Don't Look Up. Yeah, I really don't like that movie. I don't think it should have been nominated. I'm scanning through this list again. I would agree with you. Don't Look Up is probably not my favorite. It wins the anti-Frank award. The anti-Frank. What is the what is the anti-Frank? All bun, no hot, no dog. It's, yeah, it fell on the ground. Someone picked it up. And they're like, you can have this. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want this. Get this out of my face. <laughs> so generally, this is the point where we would do the golden Frank. As John alluded to earlier, we're going to hold off on that to our next episodes to to make sure we're on the same page with it. I am nominating Matrix and Pig. You let me know which movies you nominate when next episode and we can figure it out. <laughs> no, I, I like the Matrix movie a lot. I haven't watched Pig yet. So that's the one thing I've heard from, you know, you, you really like that. I've heard other people say the same thing. I'm going to give that one a shot and see if I agree with Dave. Uh, I do quite like the Matrix. I think you kicked around the idea of Dune. I like Dune, but honestly, I, I don't know if I'm going to, it's not like my favorite of all time. You know, it, it probably doesn't even crack my top 50. Okay, cool. Well, John, thank you for this conversation. Up next is You Can't Take It With You. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so through basically any social media at Award Wieners. You can email us at john at awardwieners.com or david at awardwieners.com. All right, we're out. (laughs) Okay, later. (laughs) Later. See you at the Oscars.
Watch you work for. 